Thank you, everybody, for joining us all around the world here at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy. Finally, we are getting a break on our weather. It's a beautiful day, a little chilly, but beautiful. You're all welcome to join us here anytime you're in the area. Live, we will continue these first Saturday and uh, first Friday talks that um, have been so important in this time of the world right now. And today we have something very special. We're gonna continue to educate you on Marian apparitions. And we're finishing the traditionally approved. We have not got into the officially approved, so they're gonna get better. But today we are doing Our Lady of Pompeii, where the 54-day rosary comes from. And as I said to our beautiful group here, we have a full shrine today. What I think is the most important, and nobody is talking about it, including our own church, Our Lady of China. And so this is very important, and we're glad you could be with us. Following this, we'll, we'll close this uh, live stream, and then Brother Mark will repost our devotions to the first Saturdays, uh, first Saturdays, which will happen right after this. So God bless all of you, and let us turn our cell phones down and begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask in these times of difficulty, in these times of trial, in these times of suffering, that you send Our Lady to lead us to you, to Jesus, her Son. We especially ask for the intercession of Our Lady of Pompeii and Our Lady of China to be able to help bring peace to the world. And we ask that everyone who has taken the time and given of themselves to be here, Lord, that you reward, you reward generously. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As I said yesterday on the first Fridays, if you haven't watched it, we did a talk yesterday about the connection of the Sacred Heart with Divine Mercy. And at that time, I said thank you. And I'd like to say thank you again to all the prayers. Thank you so very much with uh, the prayers of, of the people um, <clears throat> we are all going through a tough time right now, and uh, and the prayers for my family is greatly appreciated. I, I mentioned that I got word that, you know, I lost the three best friends in my life. Um, growing up as a little kid, Steve Middleton, junior high, Nick Rafko, and high school, Bob Brandt. They were my three, each time in my life, I had the three best friends, they've all died. And then I had one father, um, outside of my biological father, a spiritual father, um, and he just passed away. So I just was in North Carolina for the funeral and got back yesterday. So thank you very much for your prayers and your support. Um, we hope, as uh, I told the crowd here, as I, I'm racing around this morning, I jumped in the car and shredded my pants right down the midsection. And all I could say was, Jesus, somehow I trust in you. <laughs> so, so this is what we do, and this is why we're here. So praise be to God. Thank you for joining us. And um, very grateful. And my prayers, uh, this is dedicated to the Polzella family of North Carolina. I love them very much, my family. So <clears throat> let us begin with two very important Marian apparitions uh, that you don't hear much about. You know, we're finishing right now as we take you back to seminary, there is a course in seminary called Mariology. 
And I've had Christology. I loved that. Those are my two favorite courses. Now, we've had courses on the church. We have courses on church history. We have courses on the sacraments, the virtues, moral theology. We have beautiful classes. We have them on the saints. And my goal in this series of Saturdays is to take you, I, everybody asks, what's the favorite time of your life? And what was the best time of your life? Well, it was my childhood or it was this or it was that. Mine was when I was in seminary. That was the absolute most beautiful time of my life. And I'm just absorbing like a sponge. And I remember I was blessed to go to two different seminaries, Holy Apostles in Cromwell, Connecticut, and Dominican House of Studies in Washington, D.C. We're going to talk about the Dominicans today. We have a couple of brothers with us, Brother Father Gabe and others who know that it's a real challenge to be able to get through Dominican House of Studies. But anyway, learning so much, I just remember sitting there going, we got to share this with the world. And so we began this series of taking you to seminary. I, I said, I want to go back to seminary. Like, Father Chris, what do you want to do? I want to go back to seminary. And so we're taking you with us. And this is what this series is about. And one of my favorite courses in seminary was Mariology. It's the study of Mary. And within that is the study of her apparitions and what she does and said that it comes not of herself. Many of the comments that you guys give to me online, and I understand it, is the focus is not on Mary, capital letters, exclamation points. And we know that. We Catholics aren't stupid with our faith. Well, we try not to be. The, the message that we have to understand is it's not about Mary. Fatima, Lourdes, uh, um, uh, Guadalupe, they're not about Mary. Mary's whole mission is to take us to Jesus. That's the whole thing. You have a guide to get you to your goal, Jesus. Now, within the Marian apparitions, there is different categories. There is rejected that have been analyzed by the church and deemed to be not of supernatural origin. We're going to talk about some of those, like Bayside. Bayside had really drawn me in uh, when I was younger, and then I found out the truth, and it was rejected by the church. Now, then there are traditionally approved. We started this months ago with Our Lady of the Pillar, the very first Marian apparition ever. You can still find it on our channel, YouTube channel. And Our Lady of the Pillar started a whole series of Marian apparitions that are called traditionally approved because the Vatican didn't have a formal process back then to determine an apparition as being authentic or not. So then once the Vatican developed that and, you know, God bless the church for doing this because otherwise, you know, we, who do we follow? Who do we, well, Mary appeared in my toast today and said, you need to go do this. Well, we have to have a guiding, um, a guiding lead. And this is the church and the church tells us. So within the traditionally approved Marian apparitions, I've been doing several of these the last few months. You can find them on as our, our sites. But now we're finishing those today with Our Lady of Pompeii and Our Lady of China. And then I'm going to begin officially approved. So we're going to get into the big ones, Akita and Cabejo and Lourdes. I've already done Lourdes, but you know, the traditional ones that you always hear about. These or this is the approach. So today we're going to begin, as Brother Marks showed you, we're going to be talking about a Satanist, 
We're going to be talking about Pompeii. We're going to be talking about China and the 54-day rosary, all in the next half hour. So you guys are probably like, we know you, Father Chris. You're not going to do it. Yes, we're going to try to do it. Okay, so let's take a look at our next slide. This is blessed. That's Beato, Beato Bartolo Lungo. You may have heard of this guy. This is amazing. This is Blessed Bartolo Lungo. He lived from 1841 to 1926. And we're going to be talking about him as part of Our Lady of the Rosary of Pompeii. Now, what happened? All right. One of the most incredible testimonies of the ability of the rosary to save a soul from hell is this example. Now, Bartolo Longo grew up during a time when Italy was experiencing a vast wave of anti-Catholicism. I mean, just about everywhere has faced an anti-Catholicism. Right now, it's here in the United States. And so <clears throat> he became so infatuated with this anti-Catholic movement that not only did he abandon Catholicism, now he's not a priest, he's just a normal guy, and he became involved in this occult the really deep occult. Now, his fascination led him to mediums. Don't go to these palm readers, okay, tarot card people. We, we have a whole talk on that that's also on our YouTube channel. I gave a whole talk on why you don't want to do that. It's, it's a portal. I mean, you might think that there's nothing wrong with going to a fortune teller. Uh, it's a portal. You're opening up a portal to the evil influence. It's just like people think, well, okay, look at a little pornography online. Do you know that the mystics tell us that the demons place behind every image on the internet of pornography, there's a demon behind that image. And remember the eyes are the window to the soul. So, you know, everybody thinks it's just a man problem. No, it's not. I, I hear a lot of confessions. It's striking not only men, women, but children now young teenagers, young, young, not even teenagers. It's, it's really, and, and, and behind these images are demons and we open up portals. And so you don't want to do this. People think, well, father, it's innocent fun. I mean, God can protect you. Yes. I, I mean, my mom didn't know. She actually, when I was a little kid, I remember we once did the Ouija board. I mean, um, thank God the Lord protected us. We just, because we didn't know. But you know the movie, The Exorcist? The movie, The Exorcist was based not on a girl, but a boy. And that portal was open for possession because he did the Ouija board with an uncle. And so just be careful. Well, anyway, he got into all of this. Blessed, well, we'll, we'll just say Bartolo Lungo right now. He wasn't blessed at the time. Now, he got into this occult. He had this fascination with witchcraft, mediums, just like our kids today. Oh my goodness. You know, I, 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 I've been to these, um, I, I've done a lot of confirmation preps. So I speak to a lot of young, young students, eighth, ninth, 10th grades. And I had a group in Boston of girls at an all girls school and they were preparing for confirmation. And their fascination uh, young, young, especially the girls, but even boys too, but their fascination with vampires. It was, it was blowing me away. It's like, what is this fascination with vampires? So I asked one of the girls at the break and she says, well, father, isn't it awesome that you can drink blood and live for eternity, live forever? I'm like, that's the mass. That's our faith. You don't have to go to a vampire to drink blood and live forever. Go to the mass. 
This is drinking the precious blood and living forever. You see, so these kids are good. They're searching for spiritual. They're searching for spirituality, but they're looking in the wrong places. The right places is right here. And it's up to us to teach them that. So this is what's happened to Luongo. So Luongo, he goes, he gets involved in all this witchcraft. He gets involved in these things. And um, he decided, you know, it's funny because he started doing seances, right? And he was eventually ordained a priest in spiritualism. All right, it's a pagan priest. And later he stated he became a servant of the devil and a priest of Satan. He became a priest in the satanic church. Boy, non-Catholics have a field day with this one. Your church ordained a Satanist. Well, did you hear the rest of the story? Did you hear what happened to this guy? The church isn't going to ordain a Satanist. The church ordained a man of God who was formerly a Satanist. Look at Mary Magdalene. All right. So this is what the church does. And all these people like, I I mean, I remember... Some young kids at one of my retreats asking that, Father, you know, is it really cool to be part of a church that honors Satanists? So this is the story. They're talking about blessed Lungo, Bartolo Lungo. And so this is big. Okay, so anyway, what happened? He becomes a priest of Satan. And over time, though, he started to see the truth. All right, contrary to what he was promised, and this is the falseness of the devil. The devil will promise you the world and will not deliver. He'll deliver the world in a decrepit way, but not what matters, eternal life. So anyway, he was promised by all this occult and he abandoned Catholicism and became the satanic priest, but it didn't give him peace. It didn't give him peace and happiness. You know, Peace is the key to me. People ask all the time, Father, how do you know you're doing God's will? 100% one word, peace. The reason that I found my vocation, even though I denied it for years, is I finally accepted the vocation because I realized the second I am outside of that chapel and away from the church and away from the blessed sacrament, I'm restless. I'm not at peace. The second I go in before that blessed sacrament and I am in order, uh, adoration, I feel peace. And it, it, it just, that's how you know your heart if you're doing God's will, peace. <clears throat> well, anyway, he was ordained a satanic priest and he began then to experience deep depression and severe anxiety. Sounds like a lot of people today. So anyway, eventually these problems led him to try to investigate what's going on, what's going on. Well, anyway, he came across a Dominican priest, Father Alberto Radente. All right. And he instructed Bartolo in the faith, helping him to turn away from the occult and renounce this. And he began to experience, guess what? Peace. Right. And he had a desire all of a sudden now to change his heart. So he began to look back at Catholicism. And again, this is so important. So it didn't take long for him to reject this occult stuff and the false teaching and practices. And he even once ran into a seance with the Satanists and the seance. And he goes flying in and he started now to um, embrace the Catholic faith. And he's like, and that's what I did when uh, Scott Hahn's done it, Stephen Ray's done it. When you set out to disprove the Catholic faith, if you're really serious about it and you really want to get into it, you'll end up becoming Catholic. 
Um, I set out, I said, this doesn't make sense about all these things I learned as a kid. This doesn't make sense. And the more I looked into Catholicism, I had a great priest mentor. The more I learned this is fitting together like a jigsaw puzzle. This faith is no holes in it. It's the only thing I ever found in my life that had no holes in it. I mean, even mathematics, I'm an engineer and physics, there was examples of things that didn't follow certain laws. And so not with Catholicism. And so with it, everything fits together like a jigsaw puzzle. And so he started to see this. Well, anyway, he ran in, started, he found the rosary, this, this Dominican priest gave the rosary and he busts into the seance and he's holding up the rosary in the middle of the seance. And you want to know also if you're in the presence of, of, of evil, mention the words, Jesus and Mary, they will flee. If you bring up, if you're not sure you're being visited by a good spirit or bad spirit, say Jesus and Mary. That will touch. Holy water is another way. These are, these are sure tell signs. Well, anyway, he then rebuked the people, um, raised the rosary. But anyway, he warned them that their practices were false and they needed to turn to Catholicism. Anyway, do you know what he did? He was not a priest. He never became a priest. He was a lawyer. So there's hope for even all our lawyers. God bless them. No, I'm just joking. Please don't send me letters. I, I have so many lawyer friends. They're great, great people. All right. So he was a lawyer, not a priest. And he continued his legal practice even after he converted. Now, here's what happened. Since he was brought back to Jesus and Mary and the church through a Dominican, that's who I was trained by. Most of our Marian priests are trained by Dominicans. We, um, we follow tight teaching. He became a third order Dominican himself, not a priest, but a third order Dominican. So at his initiation ceremony, he didn't even know this, but it was on October 7th. Why is October 7th important? What day is that? Our Lady of the Rosary, right? So he was ordained or his initiation, not ordained, into the third order it was on October 7th, 7th, 1871. Now, as part of the ceremony, he was given the name Brother Rosario. Brother Rosario. So anyway, he made a trip then to Pompeii, but for an interesting reason. He went there to help a wealthy countess named Mariana de Fusco. He went there to actually help this countess. And there he was shocked what he found. What he found was few practiced Catholicism. Nobody understood its teaching. And many people had fallen into the occult, just like he did. And they were practicing the same forms of spiritualism. Now he went to Pompeii. Let's look at our next slide. Remember the famousness of Pompeii, right? Vesuvius, the, the, the volcano. These are actually people that they have still preserved alive in the rock-hardened molten uh, that hardened the, the lava that buried these people alive. These are actually two bodies that were buried alive by the volcano Mount Vesuvius in Pompeii in 79 AD. So this town has struggled a lot and the city never really improved. You would think this natural disaster would get the city to wake up. It never really did. So it reminded Luongo of his past and he was on the verge of total despair, even saying he was going to commit suicide. He's like, there's no hope here. Now that could happen to us too. If we go around the cities of the world, you almost would say the same thing. My gosh, is there any hope? Is there any hope? And so anyway, 
Um, he, he even contemplated suicide. Well, anyway, it forced him to reflect on what this Dominican priest taught him, that Mary made a promise to St. Dominic that ho- those who pray and promote the rosary will find salvation. And he noticed that. Now, Jesus makes the same thing about divine mercy. That's why the two spiritual weapons of our time are Mary and divine mercy. That's why we're Marians. I'm a Marian because our two, our two charisms are Mary and divine mercy. We're the only ones I know like this. And Jesus makes the promise that those who pray divine mercy chapel and promote it, he will defend his, his own. And Mary makes the promise that those who pray and promote the rosary will find salvation. My gosh, stick with the Marian fathers. You got two weapons, two weapons to get you to heaven. And so here's what's going on. So he's like, oh my gosh, this is the answer. So anyway, he started immediately to initiate the restoration of an old dilapidated church. And he sought to establish the confraternity of the rosary in Pompeii. Now, a good friend of mine, Dennis Gerard out of Canada and our apostolate Mothers of Mercy messengers, uh, this is their work. They do a lot of this. They spread this. Now, many Marian shrines, get ready because it's coming here. Many Marian shrines are coming together to promote enrollment in the confraternity of the rosary. And we're going to be one of the shrines. Father Kaz has already uh, said, and Father Bob is part of it. You can see this on one of uh, Brian Thatcher's Unbound uh, videos on our website, thedivinemercy.org. Brian Thatcher talks about this. It's on our web. But anyway, Bartolo Lungo used this to re-educate people about Catholicism, this confraternity of the rosary. And so we're going to be promoting it. All the rosary sh- Marian shrines in the, in the country, around the world, are going to be offering enrollment into the confraternity. So it's big and it's coming. It's coming here. So we want you to be aware of that. And um, mom, the mother of mercy messengers, uh, Don, Joan and Dave Marone, have a lot about it on on their information too. Now, in those days, it was required that a confraternity have an image of Our Lady of the Rosary. And when one, he finally got one, uh, Lungo, Bartolo, he had it sent to Pompeii and it arrived in a pile of manure. It arrived on a cart, a manure cart. They actually threw the image on a cart in a pile of manure. It was in horrible condition. And he restored the church building and the image. Let's take a look at this beautiful image. This is the image of Our Lady of Pompeii. Take a look on your screen if you can see it. I'll try to turn it this way for the people that are here in the, in the I don't know how well you guys can see it, but this is Our Lady the image of Our Lady of Pompeii. Now, notice what's going on there. Mary and the baby Jesus are giving the rosary. Anybody know who those two saints are? St. Dominic, baby Jesus is handing the rosary to, and that's St. Catherine of Siena. Now, the image of Our Lady of the Rosary represents the tradition of the faithful who turn to Mary, not in spite of Jesus, to Jesus through Mary, not to Mary instead of Jesus. Okay, so they turn to Mary for hope. Mary is the throne of her son. That doesn't, that's not heretical. Mary's womb was the throne of her son. Okay, that's the throne he was delivered to the earth. Was the throne of Mary's womb. And so anyway, Mary is the throne of her son, Jesus, it says, and he found his first home on earth 
in her womb and on her lap. That is why this picture connects her, connects Jesus laying in the womb of Mary, kind of up against the womb of Mary and on her lap, because this is how he came to earth, on the womb, in the womb. And she is seated, she is seated also on a throne. It's the throne of the church. So Mary, with her divine son, reigns in the church and from the church. This is a sign of heaven's continuation here on earth. It's called the church. Now, let's keep going. The Pompeii image, this image right here, all right, comes from a tradition of Eastern icons, right? Eastern icons. This is, goes back to the earliest centuries of the church. So both in the East and the West, Mary was the queen of heaven. Man, did I get the letters calling me heretic, heretic, heretic. Mary is the queen of heaven. Revelation 12. Go back to the Old Testament where it talks about the queen is the queen. There's not the wife of the king. It's the mother. So that's a whole nother talk. But anyway, then in the late 1800s, several miracles started to be recorded at this sanctuary where Bartolo was. Okay, now unbeknownst to him, the image became very popular right? And God used it to work miracles. So they built a basilica around it, which is the number one factor in a traditionally approved apparition. When a church is built around it, that usually means God has ordained it. And the church has always seen that as a sign that that traditionally approved apparition is authentic. Now, in his new zeal for helping others, Bartolo then established religious communities, orphanages, hospitals, schools, just like the church, uh, many other institutions, foundations as part of his plan to bring Catholicism back and restore it in Pompeii. Now, many people will say this about Catholicism. Oh, your Christmas date is a pagan date. Uh, All Souls Day is a pagan date. Now you're building churches in a pagan city. You betcha. You betcha. Because the church has always, always wanted to bring God to all people. Not just the devout, but the pagan. And the way you have to do it is God will meet you where you're at. If you're a pagan, God's going to come into your pagan life and meet you where you're at. Everybody will have a chance. Everybody, God will give you a chance to accept him before your eternal fate is sealed. Everybody. And God will meet you where you're at. But don't fret. If you say, I want to know God's will. I had one lady come to me and she said, Father, I miss God's calling. I was supposed to be a nun. Now I'm a wife with three children. I got to go be a nun. I said, no, 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 no. No. She says, I'm convinced, Father, I was to be a nun. Don't you believe that was possible? I said, of course it was possible. It's very possible God was calling you to be a nun. She says, oh my gosh, I'm despairing because now I blew it. Now I'm married with children. I need to go to the convent. Uh Uh-uh. God will meet you where you're at. God offered me marriage and he offered me the priesthood. I honestly know in my heart that if I would have taken marriage to Gina and I would have gotten married, he wouldn't have said, I'm disgusted with you. No, marriage is a beautiful, it's a sacrament. Even if you think you missed your boat, I, even if I would have chosen marriage, God wouldn't have given up on me. You know what he says to you? Okay, you've made your choice. Now be the best father and husband you can be. That's what God would have said to me. 
had I not chosen the priesthood and I went to become a husband and a father. God wouldn't have said, you missed your call, you're damned. No, God meets you where you're at. And he would have said to me, okay, you've chosen a beautiful good. Now I will bless you as a husband and a father, but you gotta be the best husband and father you can be. Instead, I chose what I believed was a higher calling in the priesthood. And God, I believe this was his true will for me from the beginning. So if you miss it or not, you do your best to discern God's will and do it at all times, but don't despair if you miss it. Longwingo, Bartolo almost despaired and took his life because of it. So let's talk about this. Let's finish what he did. Okay, so here's what's going on. Now, in 1884, something wonderful happened that took the entire Catholic world by storm. 1884. You notice what else was 1884? When Jesus and Satan had their discussion where Satan said, I need a hundred more years. And St. Leo, I keep calling him Saint, Pope Leo XIII, my opinion, the greatest Pope we've ever had in the church, wrote the St. Michael prayer. The exact same time, battle of Satan was beginning. And so anyway, this little girl, this little Fortuna Agrelli, she saw Mary and experienced the healing through Blessed Bartolo's rosary image, the image we just showed. Now, Fortuna began, she had a lot of suffering. She had been suffering from a variety of illnesses. She had three major illnesses. And for several years, there was no cure. Then the family began a series of three novenas. Praying the rosary, how many days would three novenas be? Nine times. Okay, let's do our math. 27, 27. So 27 days. So they did three novenas because she had three major illnesses. So they did three novenas, nine days each for 27 days, asking for healing. All right. At the end, the queen of heaven appeared to little Fortuna looking exactly as she did in this image. And Fortuna begged for healing, calling on Mary as Our Lady of the Rosary. And Mary, she didn't say these words, but she basically said, bingo. (laughs) That is my favorite title. Mary said, Our Lady of the Rosary. That's beautiful. Why? Well, what's it not Jesus? The whole rosary is about Jesus. So anyway, Mary informed the girl that this title was the most pleasing to her and that she would be healed. So call upon our lady of the rosary. So anyway, Mary said, anyone who desired to receive graces from God should pray this 27 day rosary novena. But then she didn't stop. She said, pray these 27 days for your petition. So we have three days in novenas or three novenas of nine days each. You have 27 days. These are called the 27 days of petition. But then Mary said, I want you to add an additional 27 days for thanksgiving to God. Altogether, 54-day rosary. 54-day rosary. This is so important. So let's look at our next slide. This on the screen is why we have the 54-day rosary novena. Now, uh, Mom, uh, the Mother of Mercy Messengers, Daron and Dave Maroney, they have it for our nation. You can pray this for any intention. Your children to come back to the church, for you to be 
reconciled with your uh, family, whatever it might be. So this 54-day rosary of, of uh, mom prays it for our nation. Um, and so whatever it might be. So this here is very important. Now, this is also called the irresistible novena to Our Lady of the Rosary of Pompeii. This is how it came about. So word spread and it reached Rome. And guess who? The best of all, Pope Leo XIII stepped in. That's why I'm a believer in this. Pope Leo XIII became more inspired about this and started writing an encyclical almost every year on the rosary. No other pope. Pope Leo XIII has written more encyclicals on the rosary than all the other popes combined. So anyway, let's watch a quick video of Joan and Dave Maroney talking about this 54-day rosary. It's only two minutes, so stay with us. We can show that video. I got a question the other day. Where did this rosary novena come from? So Dave, you want to explain and, that? Well, the one that we pray for our nation, uh, it's, it's uh, kind of been uh, adopted that uh, to start that on the, uh, the 15th, August uh, 15th, the Assumption, Feast of the Assumption, and uh, pray it through. Then you end on October 7th the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. Which was the Feast of Our Lady of Victories. Yes. So that's uh, uh, just been customary to do that, and that's what we do uh, out of the Divine Mercy for America uh, website. We send out the daily prayers for that. So, But the origins of the 54-day, well, in 1884, there was a young lady in Italy that was suffering from three incurable diseases. The doctors had written her off, so her family turned to a novena of rosaries, and uh, our Blessed Mother appeared to uh, this young lady, and uh, they were, spoke with her a little bit and uh, ended up uh, telling her in a subsequent apparition that uh, if someone wanted to uh, receive a uh, favor, they should pray uh, three novenas of uh, rosaries in petition and then three in uh, thanksgiving for the graces granted. So you're trusting that these graces have been granted, even if they're not you know, really visible at the time, but you you pray three in petition, three in uh, Thanksgiving. Then, so that takes the, the 54 days, you know, 27 days petition, 27 in Thanksgiving. So Nine, 54. and so I guess because she had three different illnesses, maybe oh, that's why be. they said yeah. pray one novena, nine days, and then for for the first one, the second, the third, but not to forget. Now, the thing about it is at that time in 1884, the, um, we had the joyful, the sorrowful, and the glorious mysteries. And the luminous wasn't added till many, many years later by Pope John Paul II. So the traditional 54-day rosary encompasses the recitation of the joyful, the sorrowful, and the glorious. And okay, so if we could turn the, joyful, the sound the sorrowful, and the glorious. Okay, so thank you, everybody. Now, there we have the explanation uh, of Joan and Dave Maroney talking about this 54-day novena. Now, I just pointed out to all those here at the shrine that a great time to do this for our country is between August the 15th, the Feast of the Assumption, and October the 7th, the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. That's exactly 54 days beautiful time to do it. Now, I want to walk in there with you this because this causes a lot of confusion. Let's look at our next slide. This is a chart. Now, it looks really confusing, but it's really not. This is the 54 days. The first block is 27 days. The second block is 20 day, 27 days. Notice it says JSG, JSG, JSG. What is that? 
the joyful mysteries, the sorrowful mysteries, the glorious mysteries. Now, some people get upset. We're the luminous. When this was developed, there were no luminous mysteries. Those came with John Paul a century later. Okay, uh, so we, we, some people, you can add the luminous in there if you wish, um, but some people just keep it traditional, joyful, sorrowful, glorious. And so you pray 27 days or three novenas of nine days in petition, asking your petition, and then you do it again in thanksgiving. This is the 54-day rosary. And so this is very, very important. Now, in 1885, the next year, guess what Bartolo did? He married that woman. Remember I just said, God's not going to abandon you. Now, maybe God was calling him to the priesthood. We don't know. But he married this Countess Mariana de Fusco, who he had went to Pompeii originally to help. And they continued to do good works. They observed how devoted Leo XIII was, because he was the Pope at the time, to the rosary. So they donated the entire shrine of Our Lady of the Rosary of Pompeii to the Holy See when Pope Leo died in 1903. Now, Blessed Bartolo lived for 20 more years and did great works. The charity that he did around Pompeii, millions of people. Let's take a look at our next slide. This is the shrine. So the next time I'm going to Italy, whenever people go to Italy, I very rarely hear people say they went to this shrine. People go to, to Pompeii to see the volcano. You want to see a volcano? Go to the shrine and get a volcano of grace. This is powerful. Millions of people come here looking for hope. So blessed Bartolo, he gained the honor of being one of the greatest champions of the rosary. Talk to Father Don Calloway about that one. And I wanted to quote him in, in Father Don, I think, made this quote, but I, I, I think this is powerful. This is what he said. This is what Bartolo said, and then we're going to finish with Our Lady of China. Bartolo said, quote, I thought that perhaps as the priesthood of Christ is for eternity, so also was the priesthood of Satan. So despite my repentance, I thought I was still consecrated to Satan. Many of you may feel that way. I feel that my past I can't get rid of. Uh-uh. Divine Mercy Sunday coming up, washing it away. He said, I thought I was still consecrated to Satan and that I am still his slave and property as he awaits me in hell. As I pondered over my condition, I experienced a deep sense of despair and almost committed suicide. How many of us have been in those positions before? Probably all of us at one time or another. Then I heard an echo in my ear of the voice of Father Alberto repeating the words of the Blessed Virgin Mary, anyone who prays and promotes my rosary shall be saved. Praise be to God that he gives us this gift. All right. With that, Our Lady of China. Let's tell you just a few words because this is so important. Now, right now, Our Lady of China is somebody and something that nobody is talking about. I don't know of anybody who's praying to for her intercession. Do you realize the need for this? China is the basic, basic, biggest example of Russia spreading her airs. Russia spreading her airs of communism. People say, well, Russia's not communist anymore. Russia's not communist anymore. China is. And those errors that came from Russia are being spread everywhere. 
All this talk, myself included, that we've been doing on the problems with Russia, we haven't focused on the fact that one of the biggest fruits of the heirs of Russia is communist China. So our lady of Donglu is who we need to look to. We need this. We need this today. The world needs this. Okay, so what happened? There were three major Marian apparitions in the year 1900, exactly. I was going to talk to him a little bit, but I can't. I'm running out of time. Let's just focus on the last one. The third one, let's show on the screen, Our Lady of China, Dong Lu. Dong Lu. Now, what happened? All right, I'm going to have to really shorten this up. I got five minutes. Okay, what happened? Here again... We have an example of the wonderful lady appearing in the sky. And she was recognized by many people to be Mary. And she came and they implored her protection for the city. If you heard my talk on uh, Ukraine and Russia, I talked about the Vistula, the miracle on the Vistula, where Mary appeared in the sky and the Russian soldiers fled. What are the two biggest threats right now? Russia and China. Now, the miracle of the Vistula, Russia fled when Our Lady appeared in the sky. What many people don't realize is when Our Lady appeared in the skies of China, the China forces fled. This is what happened. So anyway, it was just like the miracle of the Vistula. Okay, last half a page. Um, there was a mission, a very poor mission, that was started in Donglu. This is in China by the Vincentian Fathers. All right. It was a poor place, probably the poorest place in that whole section of China. They called it the place where beggars didn't even go. It's a place of beggars, but even the beggars didn't want to go there. So in 1900, there were several hundred, actually 700 Christians gathered outside a little chapel. And suddenly in China, the Boxer Rebellion broke out. You may have heard this, the Boxer Rebellion. It swept through China and it grew in April of 1900 exactly the year 1900, a force of 10,000 rioters. Sound familiar? These anti-Christian rioters attacked Dunglu, all right, under the name of revision and reform, hogwash. We're seeing the same today. Well, anyway, according to the tradition, a woman in white appeared above the settlement and the soldiers, these Chinese soldiers in rage, started shooting at this woman in the sky. Now, it was just like the miracle on the Vistula. When the apparition was not phased, she did not disappear, did not fade away. The attackers panicked. They had no time to reorganize. All of a sudden, a horseman appeared. Now, they got scared. They fled. They never came back again. So everybody was asking what happened. All of a sudden, this little Chinese priest, God bless, I think there is no braver man in the world right now than a Chinese priest. This little Chinese, Father Wu, a Chinese priest, confessed to his flock that he had been praying and sacrificing for Mary to come and help. And then later, a bishop, the local bishop, made the consecration. We don't even know this. He consecrated China, Mongolia, Manchuria, and Tibet to Mary under the title of Queen of China. And so this consecration was made on June 12th, 1924. So what's happening then, Father? Why is all this stuff? Because we're not continuing to pray to her. Not because she's God, but because she'll lead us to Jesus. Now, 
as the town had been spared this war and destruction, a beautiful church, remember I said, what's the number one determining factor if an apparition is, is traditionally approved is if a church was built. A church was built thanking Mary for the protection they received and to keep the alive this event and its importance. The problem is it's dying today. So we need to reinvoke this. I keep giving you guys new homework assignments every week. I'm sorry, but this is a big one. All right, so this Father Wu placed a picture of Our Lady on the main altar. Let's look at our next slide. This is the full view of it. Isn't it beautiful? If you can see, I think this is just, it's a Chinese Our Lady. And remember, God meets you where you're at. So if you're Chinese laying, uh, uh, living in China, he's, Mother Mary is going to appear to you as a Chinese. She's going to meet you where you're at. So anyway, this priest, look at this image, it's beautiful. Asked the painter to dress Our Lady in the royal robes of the local empress. Now, what's interesting, this image of the Blessed Virgin in these royal robes, these were pagan. Oh, there you go. Not only do you worship a pagan mother, now you're dressing her as a pagan. No, Mary is trumping the pagan culture. All right. She has a Christ child on her knees, which is an expression of Chinese tradition. The Chinese tradition is to have the little children on their knees. It is a shrine of the mother and her son. Now, through her robes, I mean, uh, the, the message, even though her robes are pagan, she belongs to every age, every race, all people. But she's trumping this pagan. So let's look at our next slide. This is the last slide. The Chinese, this is what's happening right now, is right now the Donglong, Donglu Church was completely destroyed recently by the Chinese communists. Okay? This is why we have to pray. But oh, hope is not lost. God does the same thing with the Vilnius image. When, when, when a war ripped through Europe, guess what happened? Though the Chinese communists destroyed the church recently, the picture of Our Lady of China remained intact. You know why? Because they hid it. Just like the divine mercy image, it was only a copy of the picture that they had out in the church that the communists destroyed. So they thought they destroyed this focus of her imagery. Well, anyway, and this, I'm not revealing a secret. This is all over out there online. So I'm not revealing a secret that, Father, why are you saying this? Now the communists are going to come and take it. No, this is all over out there. You can find this resource. But the original one was hidden and now it's been removed and is working itself throughout the beautiful underground of China. So it's now in possession of Chinese priests who carry it out in disguise. God bless them. I don't have to worry about it because God will protect it. Do you know 90% of Dong Lu is Catholic? That's unheard of in a Chinese town. 90% is Catholic. So finally, um, you know, I'll probably have to cut this off. Um, I did want to talk about the Chinese, the whole Vatican relationship and what's going on with, with the Pope and the Vatican and the relationship with the state church of China. We'll have to save that for another time. So God bless. Let's keep praying. Um, let's keep praying for these people, especially in China. I'm running super late, but we're ready to begin now. I will finish with one little slide, actually two slides. Please join our Marian Helper family. Brother Mark can show the, we have a, 
a beautiful family here called the Marion Helpers. I'm the director of the Association of Marion Helpers. We'd love for you to be part of our family. It doesn't cost anything, only takes a minute to sign up. Please visit micprayers.org. And if I can go two slides down, Brother Mark, just to my book, we're running a Lenten special. And you know, I haven't even mentioned this. My staff is mad at me. We've been running this special all Lent and I've never mentioned it. Um, my book is now on special for only $9.95. It's Understanding Divine Mercy. And you can get it at shopmercy.org or 800-462-7426. And we can um, give you a copy. If you can't afford it, contact my assistant, Peter, at Peter James. I'll give it to you if you really can't afford it. But for everybody else, it's on Lenten special. So now my staff doesn't have to yell at me. Father, you've never mentioned this. So please get a copy. It's called Understanding Divine Mercy. So God bless all of you. Let's continue to pray. Uh, this is really important about the current existing relationships between the Vatican and China, what's going on there. But again, I have to say that for another time. In the meantime, let us just pray. So God bless you. Brother Mark is now going to stop this live stream and we're going to shut this down. Everybody can stay right here. I'm running down. I'm going to vest in five minutes. I'll be back up. Brother Mark will start a new live stream and we will do the first Saturday devotions. God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. Dot org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.